Oh, I got a boog. No, I got a boog. <laughs> it's okay. It's just audio. Nobody knows, but now everybody knows. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level 168. Derek and Jake are sticks in the mud. Yeah, we are. That's right. Uh, we're back. We're back in Seattle. We just finished up day two of PAX West 2018. Um, of course, I'm here. Uh, Derek, with me is Jake. How are you, Jake? Great. Much better than yesterday. Much better than yesterday. Uh-huh. I don't feel like dying. I haven't thrown up today. I had fun. I was able to eat. A solid 10 out of 10? Yeah. It's up there. It's up, up there. there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we've got Courtney. Hello. Hello. How was? How are you today? Good. Nice to see you. Thanks <laughs> nice for joining us. Too. Yeah, I just tried to drink my tea as you said my name, so it's cool. It's, it's like, fine. It's like this classic, like your waiter comes right as you've like taken the A biggest bite ass. that yeah, you've mm-hmm. ever taken. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Michaela's back as well. How are you, Michaela? Thanks for not interrupting. No problem. Like yesterday. Did I interrupt yesterday? I feel like no. we also interrupted today, but it was in one of the first 20 takes, so <laughs> there were a lot no of takes. one will ever know. <laughs> there were a lot of takes. Cheers. But this one was great. Yeah, that so was So it was all one. worth it. The best Although I do miss Jarek. Yeah, Jarek. Jarek's got a special, never be seen special, special <laughs> place in my heart. <laughs> and we're recording a little bit later than yesterday, still substantially earlier than an average episode of Geekscape Games, so That's true. I'm excited. Big plus. Uh, yeah, if this is your first time listening, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about games. Usually we talk about games we've been playing, we talk about news, we discuss a topic of the week, but uh, this is going to be different because we recorded last night. Those and... things are all kind of rolled into one on this one. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're talking about packs. And it's news, and we're So we've all been running packs. around downtown Seattle looking at cool stuff, playing some cool games, uh, and we're going to be discussing the stuff we've played, what we've thought of it, and uh, what we're excited for next. Uh, so why don't we just jump right into it? What did you guys do today? I went to a panel Ooh, without coffee. Which oh, tell us about that. Which was real hard. I didn't eat this morning. I didn't have coffee this morning. Thought I would have time to go get my coffee before my panel. Dropped him off. She's so pointing at, at Jake. Who's him? Jake. Dropped Jake off. I know. I, I'm a visual person and this is audio. Uh, dropped Jake off at his hotel for his interview, went to the Hyatt where I thought my panel was, and went to the Starbucks next door, decided that was going to take too long and I'd be fine, went in, realized my theater wasn't in that hotel. <laughs> it was in the hotel that I had just passed on my way to get to the Hyatt, so I had to go up to the Sheraton, went, the panel's great though, even though I didn't have coffee, I wish I was a little more awake. Um, the presenter is a middle school social studies teacher from Colorado. I want to say Denver, but I could just be saying Denver because my friend lives there. Good omelets there, I hear. I have no idea. But there's a Denver omelet. That's a thing. Maybe it's not a thing in America because mm. they have a I real thought it was from, I thought it was from Denver. Uh, you would think. Maybe you're um, wrong. Mm. The panel is called You Have Died of Dysentery, and it's about using concepts from gaming to better education in our classrooms. 
so that you're finding new ways to get people to engage and want to learn mm-hmm. using the techniques you learn in gaming. So like she broke it, they broke it down. Um, like what are the components of gaming that get you interested in gaming, keep you wanting to play? How does that fit your psychic needs as a human? Mm. And then how can we use those gamification things to get people to want to learn without being like an educational game? Because most educational games are so awful. So tricking you into learning through yeah. video games. Not even games. like tricking you. Because it, it, I mean, if you think about it, it's not even using video games. It's mm-hmm. using concepts from video games. Because... Um, like they pointed out, like if you think about games like even Oregon Trail, everybody loves Oregon Trail, right? And it's supposed to be an educational game. But what did you actually learn from Oregon Trail? Don't know. That lots of people died of dysentery. That that it was that it was hard living in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. But like most people learned like dysentery was you just shitting yourself to death and that's terrible. And the only other thing they really remember is like overkilling all of the animals there so that you would have a bunch of meat even though you couldn't bring it all back yeah. with you. Um, but you didn't learn like what were some of the major cities and stops along the Oregon Trail. And You could have learned it because they were in there. They were in there. But they weren't like it wasn't reinforced a lot. Sure. Um, and then talking about like what parts of games are are important for them to be a successful game. You have to want to have uh, a level, high level of skill needed but it also has to be, you have to feel like it's also a high challenge. Mm. Like there's like this this graph they had where it was like challenge and flow, get here, and then you can, you feel like you're getting somewhere in the game. You feel like you have mastery. You feel like you have autonomy and choice. And those things are very important. When you think about when you go to a classroom and you're taking a class in school, you feel like you don't have choice. You're learning a subject that maybe you don't care about mm. and you have to learn it a certain way. And you don't feel like there's any kind of, engagement outside of i need to get a good grade to pass a class so finding ways to make that work and it was really interesting um i'm going to be coming up with something to put on the website for this i don't know if i'm going to write about it or if i'm gonna talk about it we'll see because i have to figure out what's going to work best but it's very interesting um i'm also emailing the teacher whose name is ashley um to get the slides that they used so that i can try and provide that as well if they're all right with that because they're really, really cool. They've got a lot of data to back it up. It's not just what they've seen in their own classroom, mm-hmm. but studies that have been done over the last 30 years with gaming. Way cool. Very fun. Um, and then I met up with you guys, and that's where my timeline merges. <laughs> so that's the end of my morning. So we'll jump to another character. Yeah. Jake. It's like one of those books. What did you do this morning? It's like one of those books or one of those games? Or... One of those Ooh. games. Can we go back in time, though, and fix it? Yeah, so that because this isn't a Derek game. Shots fired. <laughs> you say we can't go back in time? We can it's because game? it's a Derek game. We can go back and change things. It's not a Derek game. Okay. Ah. Uh, so this morning I had an appointment <clears throat> at uh, at a hotel whose name I can't remember. Home Suites. Uh, thank you. Um, to check out a game called uh, Octung Cthulhu Tactics, uh, which is made by Oroch Digital. It's a UK studio. Uh, they are published by Ripstone Games, and they are working with uh, Modifius, the original creator of the tabletop uh, Octung Cthulhu Tactics game. Oh, uh, I didn't realize it was a tabletop, but I think you told me it was a tabletop. You just weren't But originally, I know I was. You said it was not an originally well, a tabletop, though, and then they made it into a PC game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was not a tabletop game that he was looking at. 
No, no I was looking no. at the at but the it was an adaptation. Game. It's an adaptation working with the original creator, um, and this was a Kickstarter game back from uh, March 2018. Uh, so I met up with. Uh, that's just that's fairly recent. That's very yeah. recent. Six um, months ago, and they actually have a 2018 release date as no well. No way! Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and they sound like they're on track for it, mm-hmm. from what I gather. So this, I mean, that must have already been in development when it hit Kickstarter then, because it seems like it's so fast. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the game, uh, mechanically, was very sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics and animation definitely still needed a little bit of polish, um, but I think that was noted back when the trailer came out. Okay. That um, uh, the trailer had a bunch of cool scans of the figures, like the official Octan Cthulhu figures, uh, very like high-res uh, laser scans, uh, and I think they've ported those directly into the game. Oh, cool! Like ripped the bases off the off mm-hmm. the feet, and then have used like those animated as, them and animated them as, oh, wow. as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from what I gather, it's supposed to be very true to that that universe, uh, involved characters and factions. Um, and the game is a alternate history World War II game uh, where the Nazi forces have harnessed Lovecraftian mythos elements. Uh, and are using that to wage war on the Allies, uh, mm-hmm. and you play as uh, an Allied faction waging a secret war against them. Um, so we played two different missions. Uh, the first one was fairly early. The second one looked like it was probably four or five missions later. Um, so it's a top-down tactics game. Um, their their big push uh, in this. Um, to try and separate it from similar things like XCOM um, is a very oppressive form of fog of war that they call the Shroud. So in normal tactics and strategy games, you know, areas that you explore, um, you can still see the ground and and physical things, but Mm -hmm. you can't see enemy movement uh, in areas that you're not physically in. Um, And in this, um, they've actually reduced the amount of visibility you have even more so. Um, uh, I would say, you know, in regular measurements, you can probably see like 40 to 50 feet in front of you versus any other tactics game where you probably get, you know, a hundred feet distance. Uh, and from what it sounds like, um, enemies will spawn in the shroud, even if it's an area you've already cleared. Oh, really? Um, so flanking is a very big, big part of that. Um, from what I gathered, it looks like it's going to be mostly story missions. There's not a whole lot of, lot of, uh, dynamicism to the campaign, um, each level is um, generated by hand and is a story mission. It's cool. And, and you move from A to B to C to D mm-hmm. without dealing with a whole lot of branching paths. Um, it's It feels like almost a minimum viable product. Uh, being a Kickstarter, that doesn't really surprise me. Um, it does sound like uh, there are some dynamic elements. Uh, when your, your squad mates die, um, they don't die, they just get captured by the enemy. Uh, if you like leave them behind or what have you, uh, and then you'll have a dynamic mission to rescue them uh, from captivity and return mm-hmm. them to your squad. Um, in a different sense than XCOM, where you uh, can generate your friends as XCOM soldiers, um, Octan Cthulhu Tactics has you using a stable of four characters that are story characters, uh, and you can customize their loadouts and whatnot. But um, but your squad is your squad, and right. and there's not not that um, friends club. Right. Uh, and swapping characters out as, as you play through it. Um, yeah, so they're on a, on a 2018 release. Uh, there's no multiplayer, um, but uh, it looks really solid. They've got um, 
an action point system for for movement. Okay. Um, movement and combat. Sorry. So normally in in these tactics games, you can move your your sixty feet of movement, uh, and then have like a sprinting distance of double that 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 takes up your attack phase of your mm-hmm. turn. Uh, in this game, each character, uh, most of mine had twelve action points, and each square that they move on the grid takes up an action point. Uh, and then each attack also took anywhere from four to six action points. Okay. So you could you really had to be careful with how far you extended your characters, uh, and there was a lot more of a balance between um, shooting and movement. Um, and it, it was actually really cool. It, it definitely made me rethink how I was positioning my characters, and if you know if I stretched them too far, they wouldn't have enough action points left on their turn to fire as well, or or take cover or, or what have you. Um. Actually, they were really pushing the shroud mechanic, but I found that the action points, you know, going over it in my head were actually a lot more innovative in that field. Mm-hmm. I found the shroud was was fog of war, and there really wasn't anything super special about it. But action points um, make movement more important, and they really make you budget that economy because mm. everything's drawing from the same pool. The same pool. Every yeah. character's yeah, they can only do so much in yeah. their turn rather than. Um, and you can you can squeeze out one one squared movement and then shoot three times instead of sure. you know moving once and then shooting once, right. which is what you normally see in these types of games. Um, the one interesting thing that that we talked about was apparently they they had a couple of people on Twitter that were kind of getting upset that you couldn't play as Nazis, <laughs> really. Which there's something to be said for for having that like enemy team campaign where where you get to be the bad guy. Um, and that's that's fine to an extent, um, but there were some people that were apparently upset that the Nazis were the bad guys in a <laughs> World War II game, and the <laughs> fact that we're even having this conversation is really weird. Super bizarre. Yeah. Like, in what world... They, is... they have to have, like, been trolling or something like that. Like, no. No. Trump's America. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, these are British devs. They've, you know, they have that history, right? Yeah, and right. Yeah. Do you think there's places where people grow up and in their history books, like, like America and Britain and France are the bad guys the bad of guy. World War Two? No. I know there are places in America that up until very recently were taught that in the American Civil War, that the South was in the right and... and what they were doing was correct, and there's some That's legal arguments up. for their rights to being able to secede, which were tread upon, but the fact that they were trying to fight for slavery which is still bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes down to slavery. Um, on a similar note, Japan, I've read a lot of their school textbooks uh, really uh, understate the the things that were done during World War Two, really, and they're, they're to China. into China, especially all that the thirty stuff, uh, rape of Nanking and stuff, is very underplayed hmm. or not talked about, or it's just omitted entirely. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, I had actually a really good time. We spent probably an hour and fifteen minutes. That's cool. Uh, I was a little bit late because um, my email didn't have the room number, and mm-hmm. the data on my cell phone failed. So that was fun. <laughs> um, in a foreign country, in a city I've never been to. Um, Luckily for you, everyone speaks English. Yep, that's, that's true. That could, it could have been much worse. It could yep. have been significantly worse. Um, you didn't get picked up by the cops. <laughs> I mean, that might have been okay. Um, but would the, have been an experience. Yeah, they were they were really nice. Uh, the game had a fair amount of polish in it. Um, I like the idea. Like I, 
especially in a game like that. And I haven't played XCOM, and XCOM is something that I would like to play because it is XCOM is story based as well, right? No, no, it's, no? it's okay. all dynamic. So um, I like the fact that you know it's mechanic wise whatever, but it's like the plot in it. Excuse me. Uh, the plot in a game like that, that would get me, I think, invested into it. And and I think that's what sets it apart. Yeah, I mean, so the fact that it's mission-based and story-based and, mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously the the four characters in your squad or whatever are important because they can't die, they can only be captured or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, that is the type of thing that would keep, like, if I'm starting the game, whatever, but that's the type of thing that would keep me going and it is mm-hmm. wanting to see the resolution of something like that. So did they, did they touch on... Like how many missions or or playtime or anything like that or no. still probably being worked out type thing. It sounds like they're pretty late in development. Okay. A lot of it's going to be graphical polish. It looks mm-hmm. like uh, cutscenes and that sort of thing. Sure, uh, they were pretty coy about most of that. Uh, also, I don't always know the best questions to ask. Sure, um, but um, I I would probably guesstimate that we're going to see twenty missions uh, and probably another ten. You know, side missions here or there. Cool. Uh, they did mention that um, post-game DLC is something that they would like to do if mm-hmm. the game does well. Sure. But uh, but they're just focused on getting product out. Uh, when I checked their Kickstarter this evening, uh, everything had been unlocked except for the final stretch goals, mm-hmm. which was um, just some extra enemy units. Okay. Um, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a solid indie type. Uh, I'd expect to see like a twenty to thirty dollar price point on it sure you know maybe 40 bucks if they're feeling you know the publisher feels that they can't sustain depending on the level of polish and everything like that yeah probably yeah um well depending on the following the tabletop game has too apparently people are are really excited for it and it's got quite a wide following it's cool Uh, i'm not sure how much the kickstarter made but um, what platforms is it on is it pc only it's the whole thing the whole gamut pc switch oh no wait really uh no mobile as far as i can see speaking of switch I feel like it's been so in and, and such a contrast from obviously Nintendo's last generation, but it's so interesting walking this show floor because if if something is not on every platform, it's on PC and Switch. Like, yeah, totally. Like, like it's I've seen in the past it'd be there's absolutely nothing for Wii U or whatever, but now it's like there are it's just PC and Switch. I think like, it's really easy to port to. Yeah, it's got to be and and I, and there I mean Nintendo has to have be have be more welcoming this time around i think you know what um, it is though is that porting to switch is baked into unity and unreal uh, and those okay. are the two major those are the two big engines, engines that yeah, yeah. It's, it's super, you just click i want to build this on switch yeah. and it's like done yeah okay. and that's nice cool because a lot of those games too like i don't know it's just just you're at the point where now you're cho- you know you're choosing what platform do i want to play this on and instantly being able to play it portably as well is yeah. like such a boon Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, even if you're like choosing between a computer version and a Switch version, like mm-hmm. I can play this on my TV, I can play this on the go. Why wouldn't I choose that? Um, aside from, you know, well, and I guess it's deciding what's more important to you because it might look better on another console, it might look better on a PC, but can you play it in the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. You know? I love playing stuff in the bathtub. It's I the put, best. Yeah, <laughs> that seems so dangerous for you. Though. No, so, so what I yeah, did, yeah. what I did was I. Put because the toilet's kind of close, and I so I put the actual like oh, so if on you dunk anything, you've only you're only breaking the Joy Cons, mm-hmm. and they're so replaceable, right? Yeah, that's so true. My Joy Con, and I definitely played Skyrim in the bathtub. That's that what a world. Pretty magical. It's the best world. Yeah, this yeah. is the best timeline because yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I put forty minutes into uh, Mario Rabbits. Uh, Drawing a lot of poop. 
I mean, fair, but on the ferry. Oh, on the ferry. Okay. Yeah, uh, coming over to meet that you guys. That too. I mean, I was pooping on the ferry for 40 minutes playing Mario That's Rabbids. A lot. That is a lot. That's pretty amazing. That is a lot. Um, um, so I wrapped that up, and then uh, Derek came and saved me from my lack of uh, communication. Yes. You're like, I have Wi-Fi, but if I leave, I won't know where I am. Oh, so. yeah. Um, and it, yeah, yeah. Um, is that that's it for that? that that's it for me. It's uh, it's fairly polished. Uh, it's super lethal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I died a lot, um, but that's maybe cool. I'm just bad at video games. Um, but uh, I'm definitely gonna pick it up once it comes out. And that's it for me. Yeah. Um, I went to. Um, you know, we all took a lift to a similar area. Um, jumped into a press room for. Uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco game, Namkai Bando, fucking <laughs> Bandai, Bandai Namco, Namco. yeah, yes. not Namco Bandai. Alphabet Bandai Alphabet. is bigger. Yeah, Bandai bought ba- Bandai Namco. bought Namco. Yeah, okay, uh, Bandai Namco game that just got announced a few weeks ago at Gamescom. It's called Bless Unleashed. Um, apparently, there's already a Bless game for PC that I wasn't even aware of, and they kind of talked during my appointment like they assumed that i knew that and i was just like yes smiling and um, but anyways this game is ah oh, it's fucking awesome and i know i say that about every game but i really feel like it was really awesome jonathan um <laughs> so this game is being built up for from the ground up for consoles it's a it's a massively multiplayer online game um they are building it with you know, like the Xbox One X in mind, it will be in 4K, everything like that. It looked beautiful, even from this kind of earlier on stage. Um, and so they had a they had a few stations set up, and they had it was the, you were playing the same demo on each station, but they had three of the five classes in the game, uh, or that that will be in the game at launch. There are already plans for additional classes, which is cool. So class wise, you've got Defender, which is like your classic all around character. Um, there's like a berserker character who is slow, but very, very powerful. Uh, there's a ranger who uses arrows and, and, you know, bow and arrows and, and a few short range attacks and everything like that. Um, there's a priest, which is major, mainly a a healing character. And then there's a mage as well, uh, for those magical attacks and everything like that. Um, yeah, it, it was something where instantly i got like so a few weeks ago on the podcast i talked about picking up monster hunter world and playing monster hunter world for the first time um and not liking it and specifically not liking it because the world is cool the graphics are cool everything's cool but the combat felt like just clunky and 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 not not what i was expecting i was expecting something fluid and you know being able to flow in in and out of combos fluidly and and doing things like like you know, you just get stuck. Like, if I'm swinging a sword in Monster Hunter and, oh, shoot, I don't want to do this anymore because this thing's going to attack me, I want to go and invade or dodge or whatever. Like, you're stuck within your animation. And it just felt feels very old school in that way. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just wasn't for me. Um, but instantly within this um, demo, when I started it, I got Monster Hunter vibes, but it felt like what I wanted Monster Hunter to be. Um so I played. I played a couple times. I played the defender first. Um, so a lot of sword-based attacks. Um, you also control-wise, it felt really, really good. So you're, you know, you've got attack buttons. And one th- UI element that I really liked is that, you know, a lot of the style of games, there's a lot of different combos. Like, you know, if I hit XXX and then B or whatever, but a little there's a little pop-up by your character that is like 
you know, if you press the X button next, this is what move you'll do. If you press the Y button next, this is what move you'll do. And the combos just felt like they flowed very much because of that. Because, And at first I'm like, well, these are just names that don't mean anything, but you're fighting a lot of things and you're doing it frequently. So you get to the point very quickly where you know what that move means, what that's going to do. And because of that, I feel like I didn't need to memorize this is the combination to get to this end result. You just kind of flowed naturally. And that's not something I've really dealt with before. And I feel like that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, the demo is, is about 10 or 15 minutes long. It's kind of just taking you through the combat. Uh, and it was pretty cool how fast everything felt natural. How would you compare the combat to something like Dark Souls, which is also a Bandai Namco game? That's a good question, and I've never played Dark Souls. Um, specifically because while I like a challenge, <laughs> time is not something that I feel like I have a lot of, and I would rather play a game that I, you know, and, and maybe yeah. it's not as hard as everyone, you know, like I've just never tried it because everyone's like, it's so hard, and I'm like, well, I don't want to buy something I'm just going to get stuck in instantly. Whereas this game that's also challenging, but maybe not to that level, I could progress in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt so fluid, and I, you know, it's very much like, you know, fight, 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 evade. At least in these these sections that I was doing. But you build up, and I can't rem- I, I can't remember what the special moves are called. But as you're attacking and hitting uh, the enemies, you build up this meter, and that kind of unlocks these other abilities that you get that are just these like supercharged attacks, basically, and. From what it looks like, you can have four equipped at any time, and um, I, I imagine you could probably switch them out and stuff like that, too. Um, but yeah, I played as the uh, Berserker, so the all-around character. Then I played it again as the Ranger, um, and it felt totally different. It was the same demo, same experience, but it just felt totally different playing from that ranged perspective. Um and it's cool because it's like there are different moves that, it, you know, from the ranger perspective, like I can go into this like aim mode and, and fire specifically powerful shots or whatever. But you also just have a variety of arrow attacks available to you that will kind of like lock on to the enemy that you're pointing nearest to. Um, and and the, the ranger character, like the act of comboing up the arrow shots were really, really cool. But there's also a, for instance, they have their meter is different because it's based on the amount of arrows that you have at any one time. And so, so like you may have 50 arrows on you and you have to like reload them and that takes some time. And if you have to evade in that time or get hit in that time or anything like that, it, it stops and you got to start that process again. So it's kind of got another layer of uh, on top of it, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was one of those, like I, I kind of, came out of the demo and then I did an audio interview, which you hopefully will hear next week. Um, I did an audio interview with a PR guy for the company as well as one of the designers. And, and they kind of talked about plans for the game and story for the game uh, and everything like that. And I was pretty enthralled with all of it and um, kept, yeah, kept going back to like, this is what, you know, I don't know what kind of creatures we're going to see. And they did talk about, you know, big world events and stuff like that. But it, combat wise just felt so fluid and so fun and it was something where it's like i can't wait to jump back into this and they said that because it's you know they they are trying to do a lot of things that bug them about some traditional mmos like feeling stuck if you don't have if you are having a hard time finding x class or whatever um and and yeah they said there's you know i I just played um just played the combat but they are 
they talked about like a big crafting system and everything like that and um crazy enough the game is going to be totally free to play so i didn't really get any impression on how they're going to be monetizing this game um microtransactions and loot boxes pro- i'm probably um <laughs> but like oh, i don't know what i played was so fun and it was one of the yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those things, all of the things I did, I loved, and I wasn't expecting to go into this. I Like, we watched the trailer this morning, and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. It's got cool graphics. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did playing it, and um, I can't wait to download it. And it'll be coming out next spring um, for Xbox One. Um, I think it sounds like a timed exclusive, um, just based on the things that I've read in the past, so it'll be launching on Xbox One to start. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was... It's not on the Switch. It's a fail. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't buy it if it's on the Switch. Is it common um, to have video games be free to play on Xboxes and stuff? Like, I know that it feels common for phone games, mm-hmm. but I, I've i only really become aware of free-to-play on Xbox since, like, Fortnite. But also, I've only been in video games for, like, a minute, so... I feel like they're, they're getting... Like there's more and more and more, but you still, if you, I think if you look in the free to play section on like the Xbox or PlayStation Store, there's like a dozen or two dozen games. Okay. Like there's a bunch of shooters, um, things like Fortnite. Uh, you know, obviously everything is fallen by the wayside in comparison yeah. to Fortnite, which is pretty much ruling the world at this point. But um, there's a couple of other MMOs as well. Terra is one that Terra. I think you yep. played briefly, Courtney. Yeah, it's super um, fun. I downloaded it because it just launched on consoles, I think, in the last four or five months. And I downloaded it. I never played it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that one looked content. like it had pretty cool content and stuff like that. And they have new combat. content yeah, that's yeah. coming out this this. Um, as well. And there's some other popular shooters like Warframe and stuff like that, which was a big one, especially that one's been around since the, like, the, I think that was a PlayStation 4 launch game and they've just been reinventing and reinvigorating oh, yeah, themselves Warframe. and it's way different looking than it, now than it was when I first played it, but it's very, very popular. But um, yeah, Bless Unleashed was awesome. Um, the, uh, so is, is Original Bless, is that free to play? That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So they were talk. They they talked about it briefly, mostly in in terms of like they're in the same. It's like parallel worlds. Like they're not directly connected. It's okay. So progression separate, will. No, no, no. Right yeah, it's totally separate. Just and it sounded like like one of their big things is like this. You know, a lot of the MOs that you see hit consoles. You know, like Terra, like DC Universe Online, all of these other games. They're ports. Um, hmm. And they don't necessarily work as well on the console as they should. And so I think it would have been very hard to, you know, make it as, like, it wouldn't have felt as good as it would on a PC or as good as it did um, if they had had to have ported over. So mm-hmm. they're, it's different. They're building it from the ground up. Probably um, similar to the way that Diablo got ported to console. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, it was super cool. I, I could definitely see myself getting into it. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I want to play it with you guys. That'd be cool. You cool. should do that. Yeah, so that was my first thing this morning. Um, what did you do, Michaela? So today, what did I do first? Well, I was the first one up, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> I don't like to be that guy. Um, and then I was also the one being like, guys, we have to go, we have to go. Do I... No, I'm itching my nose. I'm sorry, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not, you're fine. Oh, I got a boog. No, I got a boog. <laughs> it's okay, it's just audio. Nobody knows, but now everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows. <laughs> wow. It's okay. been a long day. So, I got up, 
I functioned. And then <laughs> we went down to the place and I got an email saying... I feel like... I'm just going to stop you for a second. I feel like um, this feels just like just like in the post-Comic-Con episode where everyone's like, well, I got out of bed and we took an Uber. Like, it's just really funny because... I don't know. Don't, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was just listening intently to your story. Uh, this isn't like the Comic-Con episode where we just sat around and laughed and... <laughs> It's true. This is a bit. More I productive. like that one because in the background, like Jonathan and Heidi are there, like yelling things at you and sleeping. It's fantastic. And then they went to bed. It's real good, real, real good. Anyways, um, so I got an email saying that something hadn't worked out with uh, where I was supposed to meet the people for this game demo, and so they would be in the Hyatt by the reception desk behind the crystal sculpture and I got into the Hyatt and was like where is the crystal sculpture and then I walked over and there's like this like glass looking wall thing and uh, there's a few like sets of couches back there and then there was a couple guys like setting up a computer and there was a controller attached to the computer and I was like okay those are my dudes but I was, like, ten minutes early, and I don't want to be that guy. So then I went and, like, sat somewhere else to wait a few minutes before I talked to them. And was like, oh, like, at this point, I had only gotten the email telling me about the game. And um, and it was, like, not super detailed. And then I hadn't... And no pictures or anything. And so I really had no idea what I was walking into. But... I'll read you the explanation of the game, and then anyone who knows me will know why I had to go. And it said, The game is a simulation sandbox world examining Occidental culture and its different social classes. Conceptually, it's easy to relate to Stardew Valley, where a set of systems put together the overall gameplay experience, except it reflects our Western capitalist society and its effect on our human spirit. And I was like, I basically read that and I literally emailed them and was like, Stardew Valley is my favorite game and capitalism is depressing. So yes, I'm super in. When can we meet? (laughs) And and so while I was waiting, I decided to watch the um, trailer for it. And then I got over there, which was, I like watched it and was like, oh shit, what have I gotten myself into? Because it's like kind of dark and like very gritty and I didn't have any like sound and so um I like wasn't sure what exactly was happening in the trailer um and I like kind of go back and forth with the 8-bit art style that's yeah yeah. um where like I like it but then sometimes I feel like oh this just looks old um which I know is Sorry, stupid. I rolled my eyes so hard. I, just <laughs> I think I picked up on the mic, actually. <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense. It's a choice, and it's on purpose. And but um, but I do enjoy it sometimes. Anyways, so this is very like that, but it it's also kind of stylized a little bit more. Um, and so after watching that, I went over there. And I introduced myself to Juan, who was the PR guy. And then uh, I got his name wrong, and I'm going to get it wrong again. I think it was like 
Edu, and I couldn't pronounce it, and they were like, you know, like Edward, and I was like, cool, I'm just going to stop trying to pronounce your name, Um, who I think is one of the developers, and... And we sat down, and the first thing, they're like, so, have you watched the trailer yet? And I was like, oh, yeah, I just watched it. And they were like, cool, we were going to start off with that, so (laughs) we won't. And I was like, wait, no, I didn't have any sound. Let's watch it again anyways. And, oh, my God, I'm so glad I did because the, like, music for the opening intro is so good. This woman is, like, singing about these two characters who, like, pass each other, and they, like, affect each other's lives. And I don't know if these characters are actually in the game or anything, but, like, the intro is just, like, this woman singing about this, like, haunting interaction. And her voice is just so, it just, it gets you right in the feels. And I was like, okay, let's go. I am so in. Um, Anyways, I had a really interesting conversation with them. Very um, informative about what the game was about. And I recorded that, so you know, actual information more than just what I think about things will be up in a podcast uh, coming up this week. Um, what was the name of the game again? It's called, uh, it's called Damn View. But it might have been called Damn View something else. Hold on, let me see if I can. Uh, no, I think I just have Damn View. It was like, damn view, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I didn't write down that part. Okay. I have it somewhere, just not right in front of me right now. Um, but yeah, so it's this like super interesting world where like it's all these characters who are like, what do you call animals that walk around on two, pe- two feet? Like Anthropogenic? Humans? Yeah. What's her? Your elbows. Sorry, I put my elbows on the table. Wow. And then wow. I put her elbows on the table. A table uh, is Damn, still you long. built from nothing. Built from nothing. Yeah. Yes. I highly recommend going and watching the trailer with sound. It's very good. Um, anyway, so it's this world that is um, filled with all these characters who are like walking around humans, but their like head and neck are animal people uh and all different kinds of animals birds and deers and whatever else um and then you're in the demo you're playing as a character who is working in a laundromat and he kind of just has to like go through the tasks of working in a laundromat so that he can like make money at his job so that he can pay his rent and buy his food and, you know, support himself. So it is, really is, what do you call that? Like Stardew, where you're just playing to live to, like, make the characters survive and hopefully thrive. But it's got a really dark aspect where, like, if you don't make enough money, then you're not going to be able to pay your rent and you're not going to be able to eat well and... Um, if you're working in an entry level job, then you're not going to be able to afford to buy the, the like organic vegetables and you'll have to buy junk food. And then as your stamina goes down, it won't increase as much because you're just eating junk food. And so you're like constantly running on half empty and, but then you have to work harder to make less money (laughs) to be able, you know, so it's like real fucking life. Have you played uh, papers, please? Have uh, no, I haven't played it. I've watched Derek play it. So where much fun, even 
enjoy it. Yeah, it, it, it was right, I think, when we got together, and I was like, okay. I don't play games. It's funny, because it you were saying that, and I was like, oh, Papers, Please, where you work real hard not to end up in a gulag. Mm. Or to feed yeah. your family and stop them from getting sick and dying. Yeah. Or having yeah. to choose between feeding your family and heating the house. Totally. Yeah, yeah that's, that is what this is like. I wonder if they pulled some inspiration from that. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I wonder. I didn't even think... Like, well, I wouldn't no, know. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I wonder what kind of games inspired them to... I think it's really quite inspired by real life. Because oh, sure. <laughs> there just is some... Like, it just feels so realistic, right? Like, it's not... There's no, like... Um, smoothing things over to make it more fun and more comfortable it's like yeah it sucks having to to work hard when you start at the bottom and that's just the way it goes and so this game is really interesting in that you can you can like work towards getting a better job and then getting a better house and a better car and da 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 or you can you know keep on the same track and and stay in your entry level laundromat job or like i think there will be other jobs and other career paths that you could do that's just the one that i'm relating to because that's one that i saw um and there's like the opportunity for education so you can save up money and then get education and then you can get a better job this and, is sounding a lot like real life and it's right? kind of depressing well and i was like why am i so drawn to games what? where you're literally just playing real life why would i play this i should just go mm -hmm. exist in real life yeah in meat space but no meat space, space. has terrible <laughs> graphics also the character inability to customize your character is very frustrating well and that was interesting when you make a choice you're stuck with it as well oh, fuck <laughs> that. You're so I'm, all, I'm not fuck this game don't buy it but hardcore mode too you die you're done yeah that's true if you die Scary. in the game you die for real <laughs> i don't want to play anymore do you think that the um the early game grind will make the later game um, more satisfactory. Do you think? Do you think? Like, I think it could. Yeah. Um, I think. Like the lack of catering to that early game, you know, smoothing things over, like you were saying. I think it depends. I think it depends which way you end up going with it, because it really feels like you get to choose what kind of story is told in this game, because. Like, you can choose to work towards getting an education and da-da-da-da-da. Or you can end up getting in a fight with someone and then, you know, you're late for work because you got in a fight and then you get fired from your job and you it go to jail and now you have to figure out life in jail. And, like, so it just really depends what... What a scope. What, well, and that's, <laughs> a, that's the thing that baffled me is, like, okay, so, like, you make a decision and you're stuck with it. And then that decision has so many consequences attached to it. And all of those consequences have so many storyline possibilities mm. that have to be able to overlap with each other. That's why they use pixel art, because all the budget went to developing <laughs> all the branching paths. It could be, maybe. It was a choice. It was a budgetary choice. <laughs> I mean, it works. I think it really adds to the like the look and the feel of the game using the like initially I was like oh what have I done and then I was as soon as they started talking to me I was like okay I'm in and then like by the end I was like could you just release this game right now so I could go home and play it because I need to put all of my hours into this game <laughs> did they say when it's coming out it's coming out sometime next year okay um and talking about the uh character customization I asked about that and 
I think it's like, I think you might be able to do some customizing, but for the most part, like you're kind of like born into this world and you get what you get. And so, I mean, man, <laughs> you don't get to choose what color those man. eight pixels are, <laughs> but it's, it's realistic, right? Like yeah. you don't, well in real life, I can save up money and get my eyes color changed because they can laser off the brown protein to reveal whatever proteins underneath that might be blue and might be green very terrifying cyberpunk 2018 it's not cyberpunk that's pretty cyberpunk lasering off your you know i haven't you'll be splicing next yeah Yeah. please please splice my jeans that'd be cool please please fix me i I like slacks i'm not comfortable no i don't want that it went really well in uh, rapture the whole splicing thing went really well in rapture so yeah, it's great. Oh, no. It's fine. I'm sure it'll be good. It's a great game. Uh, what game? Uh, what platforms Bio. is that coming up for? How, how have you played Bioshock? How, how, it's uh, fucking terrifying. So I haven't played Bioshock 1 because I definitely shit my pants. <laughs> haven't played Bioshock 2 because I also shit my pants. Oh, Bioshock but, Infinite is less, but way Infinite less scary. Infinite was not yeah. as scary and yep, I could handle okay. it. The robots I could deal with. Yeah. But ever, like, not the underwater Not the zombie guys. Sister. The big daddy splicers. little sister are fine, but the splicers yeah. freaked me out a lot. Um, I didn't make it out of the pod. Let's just put it that way. The pod that goes down to Rapture. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you played like a minute and a half. I played like two minutes of that and was like, nope, <laughs> Tops. I'm going to try to You're playing like, well, this plane crashed and, like, and the fire nope. is it's too... Scary. Yeah. It's too hot. Yeah. Fire's too hot. I'm We're out. <laughs> uh, uh, was there anything else about Danview um, that you'd like to say? Probably, but I'll just put it all up in my article. Perfect. I'm just super into it. Everyone yeah. should play it. It sounds really cool. Yeah. I, I'm just totally baffled by it. It It is super neat. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. a, I feel like that's a good spot to be in for a game like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're doing everything right. Yeah. And they're making really conscious choices about what they're doing. Everything that I asked, they had an answer for. And I felt like I could actually ask some questions about this because I had a frame of, res- of reference that I really understood and like had gone deeply into and so um yeah it felt like a rewarding experience for me and uh i'm looking forward to it and then oh and then so right after that i y'all went to starbucks and i went i went to Fortnite first oh did you freeburgs i had a der burger and i sat no wonder you weren't hungry right yeah He's like, no, Michaela, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. That granola bar you had four hours ago, It's great. That was a good granola bar. No, I, because I finished a little bit earlier than everyone else and uh, was uh, right at the, the place where my appointment was. I was right across the street from the Fortnite thing. And yesterday when I went, it was before any of the action had really started. So I was like, oh, maybe they'll actually be playing now. Uh, and they were. So I grabbed a nice breakfast burger um, and I sat in. They just have these. It's just basically like a big lawn type thing but there's tons of it's like these really comfortable like bean baggy type chairs i just fucking plop down and huge oh babe you're not supposed huge. to plop no I that was a different place that yeah but they were place. the same just uh, bags you're right no plop. i did not actually really plop that was just a figure of speech. i definitely um, a figure of speech uh yeah sat down and watched one of these matches happen and it's crazy how it, like it felt exciting and I think part of that is they have like live commentary going on and they're um, like the the presentation from this projector 
you know, I didn't even realize it was a thing, but it that it must be some big well because I think Epic is actually running it. It's like in some tournament mode, so they're um, you know they're switching between people, and there's like cinematic camera angles, like they'll be out or there'll be like a bird's eye view of something that's going on, um, and be showing instant replays. Like it feels like it felt like an actual like sporting event type thing in regards to all the different camera angles and and commentary and everything that they were doing there so it was like people were getting really into it and i think it was just like it's just an open these weren't like famous players or anything it's an open invitational tournament they're just people yeah like you can go sign up in the morning and you're they're playing on the second level of the convention center and it's being streamed out to this off-site event and but yeah it's just it's just people and people are like the people around me are like cheering and gasping and everything like that and it was just kind of neat to be a part of that and to kind of see all of that happen and uh yeah, no, it was it was pretty cool. Is and it then, still happening tomorrow? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I and then, really want to see. And then there's also time like, we should check it out. Yeah, yeah, it was really it was it was more interesting just watching that than I expected it to. And I mean, it's totally doing what it's intended to do because I was like, I should play Fortnite again. Yeah. And buy these toys and costumes right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many like costumes and dances. Yeah. There's just so many things. Like I haven't played in a few months, and I was playing like hours a day for a little while yeah. there, mm-hmm. and it just seems to like. It just keeps rolling. It just keeps evolving, which keeps, is interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a big like pop culture thing. Yeah, it totally it's is. It's everywhere. My dysentery panel. Oh, did yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, we went to like a skateboarding competition, and the whole time they were assigning Fortnite nicknames to everyone there. I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, it would be cool to watch some more. And there's like. Like, it was very clear in walking around that Battle Royale is, is king right now. Because um, yeah. just a couple blocks away from that, the uh, PUBG has taken over the Paramount Theater. Um, and so apparently it's a bunch of stuff inside of there. But also outside, like, they had a whole block of a street blocked off. And it was just like, there's there's a PUBG car and there's a parachute hanging from this area. And there's a drop thing and there's like a tower and smoke and smoke everywhere. Bags. And just all this stuff set up. Um, just basically a photo op as people walk by. Um, and I saw a couple of other uh, Battle Royale related things outside. Not to mention the like, you know, obviously every game that's coming out has a Battle Royale mode now. Um, so inside the show floor, there was, you know, like Brutal Royale, which is a mode for the upcoming Dying Light 2, um, and a bunch of other stuff that I saw up there as, as well. But it's crazy how how this didn't exist, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago, and now it's literally the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it did because Hunger Games was the original Battle Royale, but... Oh. Uh, except the Battle Royale was the original Battle Royale. <laughs> The original Japanese Battle Royale movie. This joke's also been made on the podcast anyway. before, and Courtney <laughs> does not. Oh, I no. thought Courtney was referencing that, and I was like, that is great. That is a great callback, but now she just looks really confused. And you were like, the Japanese, and I'm like, you don't listen to our show, do you? Nope. <laughs> and now that I'm on it, I'll listen to it even less. Uh. <laughs> Um, oh, sorry. But yeah, no, then we all met up. And, uh, and it was no, like new. Then you, oh, you guys all met up. Yeah. Well, and then we but waited for you. I went to a panel. And mostly I was just writing, but it was um, put on by Espionage Cosmetics. And I think um, have you met up with them before? Yeah, one time I met up with them, and they gave me like a nail wrap sample. So like um, they have a whole bunch of like uh, like nerd culture themed things, and. Uh, I think they gave me like a Star Wars nail wrap or something. I can't remember now. 
but it was pretty some cool. sort of star or something star trek star wars they're all the same thing aren't they no yeah no i know <laughs> <laughs> no i know you know but i was just like no <laughs> Um, and then at that thing, Battle they had Star. beard yeah. spray Stargate. sparkles, Ooh. and Derek would not participate, so that made me sad. Uh, but at this one, they don't actually have a booth. A, a booth. They just were putting on this thing, which I didn't really realize what it was, but it was a cosplay fan makeup thing. And so they did, like, a cosplay makeup, and then they... They did a Fortnite character cosplay-ish makeup, and then they did, like, just a cosplay of somebody from Overwatch-inspired Was it just, like, makeup. tutorials? Yeah, so okay. they were just, like, so... doing people's makeups. But it wasn't, like, big cosplay. It was, like, meant for you to be able to wear like, out wear it out, but you're making references day. to, yeah. like... Yeah. Okay. So... Did you get pictures or anything? Because that sounds interesting I... and bad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... From a makeup perspective, even though this isn't a makeup podcast and that's been shot down today. We spent... Oh. A, I, th- I feel like it's we already so spent relevant. enough time on makeup today. It's so relevant. Five minutes it's relevant. at it Walgreens. It was not five minutes it's at Walgreens. We spent ten minutes at More Walgreens. Viewers. It's Monday at afternoon and we missed two days of packs because we were at Walgreens that whole time. <laughs> which is in my bag and I want to put on. Does it, doesn't the badge Still say Walgreens? Anyways... <laughs> Okay, so this is actually relevant because it was literally put on at the convention. So y'all can shut it about that. You can kill Derek if you want. You can just go right off the balcony. Just right off the balcony. Or we can get the pup tent and he can sleep out there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they had somebody from Espionage who was a makeup and hair person. And then they had three of their employees who were going for different looks who they had sitting up there. And kind of as they did it, as they did the makeup, they had um, the makeup artist talking about what she was doing and how she was, you know, what her goal was and how she was achieving things and how you could achieve similar things, blah, blah, blah. And then they... In makeup or in life? Uh, makeup and hair. Okay. And then um, they had like you a... just kind of blend that shit, yo. <laughs> just blend it until it looks good. It's not hard. <laughs> And then they had, um, like, a host person. What do you call that? An MC? Sure. Like, going around and the audience would ask questions. Moderator? Yeah. 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 Uh, The audience would ask questions. And it's so funny because it was meant to be, like, the audience audience asks questions and then the person doing the makeup answers them. But then it just became, like a shit show of people in the audience being like, nah, girl, you gotta try this product, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes! And yeah, all back and forth, no, which was great. No. So many different dry shampoos I want to try now. Oh, Batiste is the best, though. Like, just, you can't go wrong with Batiste. Just because you show up to a panel does not mean you're a subject matter expert. I'm no. just saying. No, but I no, do but think... people who are into makeup are into makeup and they know their shit. Yeah, or hair. And they're really good about, like, sharing what products are good for It was great. Well, and, like... Uh, if someone's asking a question... For example, one of the questions was about wax hair color, which I didn't even know that was a thing, so learning. And then the makeup person was like, oh, I've never actually used that, blah, blah, blah. And somebody else stood up and was in cosplay and was like, I have that in my hair right now. This is where I got it. This is how 
how I put it on. I put it in yesterday morning and it still looks good today. But just be careful because if you like rub your long hair on something, it'll come off on it. Mm. Da, 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 da. So like it was super helpful. Yes, it was long great. As, as long as they're respectful of the panelists and oh, the person yeah, asking 100%, them, that's fine. Yeah, 100%. But... but then the question that I really wanted to know, there's so many people in there with like brightly colored dyed hair. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, how in the F do you people afford this? Because it is expensive to dye your hair all the time and have it look good oh, I know. and then not Reaching fade out and then they kept opening and closing the door right beside me while they were doing all of this and there was one microphone going around everywhere and all these people were like blah 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 blah, blah. you can't tell but I'm moving my hand to show that they're in different parts of the room and so I didn't really fully get that but do you have answers to that question? I have question? answers for you the okay. answer is you have light colored hair and you just put in your own or you, you learn to bleach your hair which is a lot less expensive. So it is kind of scary. And especially if you have like dark hair to start. Yeah. Um, or you will get it professionally colored and then you color it yourself. But the way to do it and not have it lot look bad is you leave that ombre so you have the grow the natural looking mm-hmm. grow out that that's okay now, mm-hmm. not the cheap like the cheap totally, looking yeah. kind. And uh, then you just dye your own. That's what I do. I feel like you just dye your own is such a you just do it. You just you just balls up. You go to Sally's, you buy the shit and you just do it. Well, and everyone was talking about Sally's Should and I'm Sally's like what is, is this Sally's? Is Sally's is a beauty supply store. Okay. So you is don't it for, like professional? It is, but you Are can we, also go there. We're not welcome here. <laughs> This is relevant. No, we're gonna die, you guys. Is it was later. relevant seven minutes ago when you were talking about the panel. So, but but Sally yeah, so Beauty, if you panel. don't know, and if you want to dye your hair for cosplay or for fun because yeah. you want to express yourself, mm-hmm. you can do that. Sally Beauty is a great place to start. You can order shit on there online. You can go into the store. Um, you can buy everything from like bleach powder and developer for hair color. They have like all the tools you'll ever need in your life. I really enjoy going there. That's how I dye my hair. Um, it's better than box dye. Box dye is not my favorite thing. I feel like sometime when you come to Canada... I'm going to do your hair. We should, yeah. yeah because that's going to happen. we can just dye it dark afterwards and that's fine. Because it's not getting any better. It. And let's talk about that later. Like... <laughs> When that's happening. Anyways, not. so as I'm finishing my panel, I'm like, okay. And I strategically situated myself by the door because I wanted to be able to leave easily. And um, and then I was like, okay, guys, where are you? I'm so hungry. I'm going to die. Blah, blah. And then Courtney sent me to the wrong street. <laughs> For the second <laughs> time. For the and second I was, time this trip. even when I was like... Going there, I was like, it's weird that there's a Starbucks here because I know there's a Starbucks literally on the other <laughs> side of this building on that other street, but there's a lot of Starbuckses in Seattle, so yep. meh. And then, but then I found you and then we all went on our merry way together. But we saw this really cool cosplay girl first. Oh my God, oh my God that cosplay was amazing. Just to bring us back to cosplay. Yes. But it's worth it. It is worth it. She was dressed as... Thor. From Thor. Ragnarok, yep. yep. The okay. gladiator. Okay, yep. See, I've seen Ragnarok, and no, how did I not pick that no. up? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I could see that. Mm-hmm. Did he have glowing eyes? When he does the thunder stuff, yeah, so she had oh. uh, UV uh, contact lenses yeah. in. I've never a, seen that before. She had a black light in her helmet. Either, yeah. 
And so her she, cosplay was so well done. Yeah, so she has this, like, switch behind her ear, and when she pressed that switch, her eyes just started glowing bright blue, and it was the fucking craziest looking. It was but, so like, cool. you couldn't really see the black light on her face that much? No. She had makeup so, on. Yeah. Oh, it really? Was, yeah, it was like a it? darker, yeah. darker purple makeup. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, like eyeshadow was So stuff. smart. She went to Sally's. Yeah. She probably did. No, she probably ordered her shit someplace good. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks for uh, but yeah, that was really cool. And then after that, we uh, made way to the Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, Bethesda was putting on... This was the second of two Bethesda gameplay days. Um, Wait, hold on. If you want to see a picture of that Wicked Awesome cosplay, I will be posting one to our Instagram, which is Geekscape Forever. So go take a look at that. Um, yeah, so we went to Hard Rock Cafe uh just prior to Bethesda gameplay days opening up for the day so uh it looked pretty popular uh there was two separate lineups we went into the one that was quicker which was nice uh but the other lineup was down and around down a, it was like an alleyway around the block from there and like just huge lineup um so we jumped in uh pretty quickly it was pretty much heaven because uh i don't know Bethesda's pretty much my favorite video game publisher this was a bunch of some released and some brand new play for the first time bethesda games all under one roof um plus like they had it was all the the party finally got food michaela finally got food uh and they had great food Uh, it was like a buffet style food type thing so there's uh cheese plates and vegetables and chicken wings and burgers sliders all that sort of thing um uh, we we walk in. There's like all these themed cocktails and stuff. So I was really into one called the Quantum Cocktail, which was like bright blue, like a Nuka Cola Quantum would be. Um, which so that was pretty cool. You also got a Nuka Cola. Quantum. Also got a bottle of Nuka Cola Quantum, which was uh, pretty awesome because those are pretty sought after and not available really ever anymore. Aside from that, like one day they were at Target several years ago, um, which I looked for on that day, but Target Canada was not included. And now they don't Man, exist. remember when Canada had Target for two years? No, it was over in an instant. <laughs> I, I don't know what that thing. is in boyfriend time. Uh, I think that was outside of my boyfriend time for okay. sure. Um, but I never lost Target. But yeah, it was. We we go in and it was immediately just like I was just so happy because it was like the at least the entrance area is Fallout seventy six themed, so it's a celebration, the mm-hmm. tricentennial, blah blah blah. So you get like a Vault Tech party hat and a, a like noisemaker, um, and they give you like a creepy but cool pit boy or vault boy mask. Um, and then there's a giant vault boy like going around and so you could do like a photo booth with a vault boy and stuff like that. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and then it was just like the event itself was just really cool and really casual feeling, like it's basically on across three levels. So there's a bar on each level, and on the first level there were there was there's game demos everywhere. But it's also like a restaurant, so we were able to duck into a booth and just sit and and talk for like a while and go off and do different things. So pretty much when we got in there, um, you know, Jake and Courtney decided to have a seat at a booth, and then Jake immediately abandoned Courtney because he saw a Rage Two uh, open chair, basically. So it was right there. Uh, it was right there. Choice. It was right there. He yeah, said that he lineup to... got real big. Oh, yeah, yeah, real big, real fast. All of, all of them did as yeah. as people got in. Um, we I needed to play Elder Scrolls Blades the very second I got in there. So I don't think your feet touched the ground until you got up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so you like floated. 
So we started going upstairs, and then uh, level two, there was a bar. That's where the food was. Michaela's like, oh, where are you going? The food's over here. And I'm like, oh, I'm going upstairs to play Elder Scrolls Plates. Bye. Uh, bye. And uh, so I went to do that. And uh, why don't why don't you talk about what you thought of Rage 2 first, and then we'll kind of go into some of that. Sure. Uh, so they had a row of about eight computers uh, running the, I believe it's the E3 demo, or at least the same chunk of content uh, as that. Uh, so if you've watched that, you generally know what I've played through. Um, so it's actually really awesome. They run you through a really quick tutorial. They run you through uh, how to use your rage powers, uh, your your force powers. powers. Um, uh, they give you a dash attack, um, uh, like a jump smash, uh, and uh, like a, a fusroda uh, <laughs> push slash explode bad guy uh, attack. Um, the gunplay is really good. It's very Doom-esque, I found. Um, it's got a full weapon wheel. Uh, they give you uh, the assault rifle and the shotgun, uh, and they pretty much just set you loose um, running through a couple of scenarios. Um, I only played the gunplay stuff. It didn't look like there was any vehicle action to be had. Um, the smoke effects were really good. I was super immersed. Um, you know, Being able to jump and dash around and dodge bad guys... Um, I'd really like to see something similar in Doom, um, being able to to dodge the the non hit scan mm-hmm. projectile mm-hmm. weapons would be really cool. Um, but the gunplay was really good. I noticed that enemies felt a little bullet spongy. Uh, there were definitely a couple of times where I nailed somebody in the gut with a shotgun at close range, turned around, and then they shot me in the back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I definitely expected them to be down right. after something like that. I'm not sure if that was a difficulty setting or a demo thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like maybe that needs to be fine-tuned a little bit more, because uh, I would knock them right down. Oh, uh, and then they would just get back up. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And Isn't it was... that the one where we saw somebody get shot with a shotgun, and then they like just they... exploded out of yeah. the screen? Yeah, they can, yeah. So, so they... some of them had armor on them, and some of them didn't. Uh, yeah. I think the ones that had armor, like you could punch them, like you could shoot them, and it would shoot their helmet off, and then you would like butt them, yeah, and they'd them. go down, but then they weren't dead. Right. Yeah, and maybe I just wasn't noticing that some of them had armor on. Yeah, I think that might have been um, it. But uh, it did not work on keyboard and mouse. It was Xbox controller only. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, there's an overdrive mode if you hit both the Xbox mm. bumpers, which, as far as I can tell, is mechanically the same as quad damage in Doom and Quake. Uh, yeah, so it looked like as soon as you hit that, it was like, like the blood just starts flying out of the enemies. Like, yeah, you get this cool distortion effect on the screen, and bad guys take like two shots to take down with mm-hmm. the assault rifle. Um, apparently, there was a double jump in the gameplay demo or gameplay trailer, uh, but I never realized that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a really good power fantasy. The the gameplay trailer uh, showed a lot of really cool Mad Max esque stuff, uh, and that got me really excited. Uh, they definitely noted that there were a couple of different biomes, uh, swamps and deserts and like forests, uh, which is kind of a nice change of pace, you know, especially compared to uh, Rage 1 that was very brown and bloom mm-hmm. as, as the early Xbox games were. Um, but I had a lot of fun and I will definitely be picking that up. Yeah, I think it was after, I thought it looked really cool, but it was after kind of seeing stuff again of it today and watching a few people play it because um, our booth was right across from there. It was like, okay, like this looks super cool, and I need it. Even Michaela was like, "Oh, I'm in." As soon as she saw the, some of the car stuff, because it, yeah, I mean, she, the the Mad Max game, and so Avalanche Studios, who developed the Mad Max game, is is teaming up uh, to do the car stuff with Rage Two. Um, Mad Max was a game that 
I picked up from Michaela because she really, really loved the last Mad Max movie. Who didn't? Uh, yeah. Except uh, for Mike Duddy. <laughs> he's wrong, though. Um, he's wrong. And there was a day where I literally went to work and she was playing Mad Max and then I came home from work and she was still playing Mad Max and she did not stop playing Mad Max that whole time. I think that's the first video game that I ever like was like, I would like to own this video game yeah, I think and so. play this video game. Uh, yeah. Richie was pretty much just Mad Max with the serial numbers filed off uh, <laughs> and excellent gunplay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm yeah, all in. yeah. I already, really cool. I already pre-ordered it. Like <laughs> the moment I finished the demo, I just looked at the guy and I was like, "Just here's my Visa card. Please swipe it." <laughs> well, and it's funny because we were, as we were sitting later, we were, or we were t- kind of talking about why they have these events because it's it has to be so expensive. Like there's a yeah. lineup of so many people. You're giving away all these swag. The swag, you know, we got like cool T-shirts as well, um, and so all of that stuff costs money. Plus, for you know, there we had an open bar. Um, other attendees had a couple of drink tickets and a food ticket type thing, so they could do a round of this buffet of really good food. And well, and there's hundreds of people, there's hundreds going of people in there, there and you're, you know, t- in total, there's probably fifty or sixty game PlayStations, and they right? Were and pouring drinks, and they weren't just like, oh, you could have like a beer or something. And they were like drinks that had multiple different liquors in them, and they were yeah. using like name brand, not well shit. Yeah, so, so it's uh, it's just like these things must be so expensive and. You know, is it a giving back thing? Is it like a thank you for giving us so much money and, and here we go? But, I mean, as we're sitting – and which is probably part of it and it's a good PR and everything. Like, but as we're, as we're sitting there as well, like, you're like, okay, I was – I don't know if I was going to buy this game and now I've pre-ordered it. And I'm like, okay, we'll buy that the day it comes out for sure. They're talking about – you know, they they had a, a couple of little community panels and stuff at the event too. Um, so on floor two, there's a camera set up because they were streaming them on Twitch and everything like that. But – um you know they're they're showing off the new stuff coming to Elder Scrolls Legends, which is a game that I played a ton of when it was in beta, and then haven't touched since. And I'm like, okay, that's like like this stuff's looking really cool. I really like that art. Like, why did I ever stop playing? I can't wait to play it again. Like all that sort of stuff. And so it went from you know games that I was potentially not going to buy or games that I used to play and 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 stopped, and now I want to get in them into them again. And and then yeah, like I and ran. That's up, why they do it. I was just gonna say the the. Did its job. Yeah, yeah yep. totally. Didn't yeah, their money's worth. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, yeah, I ran upstairs because Elder Scrolls Blades is a game I've been really excited for since it, they announced it at E3. Um, so the demo, they had a bunch of demo stations up on the rooftop bar there. And it was really cool. It's the, it's gorgeous. Like, the game, you know, there's, there's like, nice rays of light coming in, and there's particle effects all over the place, and... and if this is running on like a t- like a tiny cell phone. I mean, it was an iPhone X. What's that? It was crazy beautiful. It, it was yeah. an I iPhone could... X. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a pretty beefy phone though. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, but it's gorgeous. But yeah. it's I mean, it's it runs coming. so well. Yeah, it runs. I believe on iPhone 10 and I mean iPhone 8 and 8 Plus have the same processor, so 60 frames per second. Um, they the demo of you know they were very like this is a tiny 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 chunk of the game this is just two examples of what a dungeon could be like um and so i played through both sections which one of them is like a forest and one of them is like a traditional dungeon and um it's i really loved how adaptive the controls are um one of the things they said is that obviously they're building this game for the ground up uh from the ground up for for like mobile and of course with mobile gamers you have 
you know, people that don't really play games and Candy Crush is their first thing. And you have people that are super invested in, in console or PC games as well. And so they wanted to make the controls as adaptive as possible. So you can literally go from, I'm just going to tap the, the ground where I want my character to walk and he'll kind of go there. Or you can use like traditional dual stick first person shooter controls. Um, and you can mix and match them. You can, I can, I can go from, I'm, I'm using two sticks. Oh, now I'm, I need to have a sip of my beverage, so now I can just tap where I want to go, and you don't lose out or have to stop playing for that. And then you can literally turn the phone back to portrait mode because you're you you, can, you only have one to hand to play with at that moment, and then it's still just as fluid. And then you're using the tap controls, and uh, it's it it felt very fluid, and it felt so easy to pick up and play, which was cool. Um, the combat was really neat too. It's kind of it's quite simple. It's obviously very simple compared to what you would see on a on an Elder Scrolls console game. But you're kind of tapping. It's kind of timing based, and you're tapping either side of the screen to swing your sword. And there's combos based on like when you're tapping them and stuff. Uh, and then you have a like a, um, a few magic abilities and stuff like that on the bottom of the screen that you just kind of tap, and it uses the mana and shoots that out. Um, it's something the game. It feels like it's built for one on one combat i don't know how it would apply and there weren't instances of this in the demo i don't know how it would apply if i needed to fight multiple things at once or if that's a thing or what um but the combat felt fluid it's very like timing oriented and you have a shield button that you can use to block and all that sort of thing so um i really liked what i played at the game and i and it it i don't know it felt great it felt smooth i can't wait to play more um you did you both of you played or just courtney i played yeah, I played a little what bit. Did you, what did you guys think? I poked out a little bit. Um, I'm not huge into Elder Scrolls, mm -hmm. so it didn't really do a whole lot for me in that sense. But, you know, I've been... Courtney, at... your eye roll there That's also right. picked up on the microphone. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll get to that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great game. But I've been a PC gamer for a long time, and there have been many instances where I've read about the death of PC gaming uh, and that mobile is going to take over the market. And while you were talking, Derek... I also read that Nintendo, Nintendo was doomed. I mean, yeah. yeah. But this is the first time when when you were talking, I was like, you know what? Yeah. This is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, this this is a high-end AAA, essentially a AAA mm -hmm. PC title that you can play on your phone. Well, mm -hmm. and I feel like the brilliant aspect of it is how easy to pick up they made it. Yeah. Like, I could hand this to Michaela's mom, and within a few minutes, she could figure out what was she, happening. She could move around the world and, and do mm -hmm. it. I think this game is going to be really big. if Even if it's not, like, a critical darling, which I'm sure it will be, I think it's going to be very significant in the progression of games in the mobile space mm -hmm. over the next five years. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, and it's interesting, because I don't think we've really seen... And I, I, it's got to be part of why they're focusing so much on the controls and how easy it is to pick up and yeah. you can play it with one hand and everything like that. Because there's a ton of other first-person games that are like that. But You could do it, yeah, with so many But things. nothing has kind of picked up and been as adaptive as that, which is... Yeah, there's just uh, enough abstraction. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, having this IP behind it, having this world behind it, mm -hmm. they said it's going to have a... It's a full single-player story, as well as all the other components and elements in the game. I don't know how they're monetizing it at this point, because it's free-to-play as well. Um, you know, it seemed like as you, you were fighting through the dungeons, there was... You were picking up coins, you were also picking up gems. Um, it remains to be seen what either of those do for you at this point, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it was crazy. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I wish that the demo had more of what the story would be because yeah. I didn't really know 
what I was supposed to be doing. Totally. And I, like, ended it up, was like, just gameplay. There was no... Corner, and then I killed some goblin-y guys, and I was like, I don't know what these guys are. I've never seen these in Elder Scrolls before. Fuck these things. And then <laughs> I got some money and some gems, and I was like, okay, I don't want to stab goblins anymore. I'm going to go eat another sandwich. Do you, do you not know the backstory <laughs> of these goblins? Maybe they're nice goblins. Maybe you're yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, Maybe. I feel like they're Playing Nazis. as the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. I like how Derek and I said Nazis at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, no, the goblins are the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Man, that's that's really pigeonholing an entire so. species. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think it's on track for a release this year. Wow. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be. I think November is what yeah, I said originally. And, uh, that demo is a great proof of concept. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. And but totally, it was like I I I really liked the gameplay. I want to see what it's about. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it'll be great because it's a Bethesda game, and I'm not biased towards them at all. No, of course so. not. Uh, there is footage of Courtney playing Elder Scrolls Blades on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I I'm super thankful that they. It was really cool for them to put on this event for fans. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much for inviting us. Uh, we had a blast. Um, we got another free lunch. We got another free lunch. Um, there is such thing as a free lunch at PAX. <laughs> turns out there is such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm working on a post about the event and some of the other things you could do. They had they you know they had gameplay stations for uh, the Prey Moon Crash DLC, which just came out, which I think that they're, they're pushing it hard. They're advertising mm-hmm. it hard, and I think it's because Prey was really an overlooked game last year, and Prey is probably one of, if not my favorite game from last year. I'm having a hard time thinking of what other games came out last year, but Prey was, like... Up there. Prey was... It was one of those games that, you know, Michaela says I say about every game, but I'm like, I've been waiting for this forever. I've been waiting for this for years. But I bought it on the on day one, and I, like, I tried to play it basically every day until I finished it, and I don't do that with a lot of games, and I love every true. moment of that one. So mm-hmm. um, I think that they're trying to give it this other push because I don't think it got this pro- the recognition and probably the sales that, that it that it warrants mm-hmm. um so I, I have to imagine that's why um but yeah they were showing off rage 2 uh the elder scrolls blades the new somerset uh expansion for uh the elder scrolls online was there as well um and then there was also the elder scrolls legends all of these were playable uh, um, champions Quick champions as well, yeah. And each of the stations, it was like you basically played the game. You got a piece of like swag for playing the game, from yep. you know codes for games or in-game items to like keychains to pop socket type things. But they were very careful not to call it that because that's a trademark brand um, I, I or Elder Scrolls Blades posters and all that sort of stuff as well. But um, it was cool to just be able to go and and just kind of casually eat and drink and hang out and and, yeah. and play these games and. Um, pre-order stuff (laughs) um so yeah no thanks to huge thanks to bethesda for putting that on and for hosting us at the gameplay days um yeah what did we do after that what happened well while i was there i emailed i realized that the person who i had been emailing with to arrange my demo of the game i did in the morning was also the person i talked to yesterday at the devolver booth to try to organize an appointment with, um, or to play and talk to somebody about Gris, which is, I think this is the first time that they're showcasing this and like, um, I want to say exposing, that's not the right word, but like unveiling it to the public because, um, when I went back and looked at my emails, I saw that 
in my email with the Devolver stuff, there's like a little blurb about an unnamed game that they're like, this is one of our most beautiful games yet, blah, blah, blah. Because when I saw Gris yesterday, I was like, why, why don't I know about this? Like, this is absolutely one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. And it's got like a big spotlight on it. Yeah, and it's got this here. big poster on the, in the yeah. show floor. They obviously put a lot of yeah. money into into promoting it. Yeah. And so anyways, yesterday I saw this just stood there watching strangers play it for probably about half an hour and then went over and was like, "How do I make an appointment with somebody so that I can talk to somebody about this and also get a chance to play it myself?" And they were like, "Yeah, sorry, we're like all booked up." But um, talked to this guy, Thomas, and Thomas was like, yeah, I can't schedule anything because I don't want to get fired. We're all booked up, but give me your email and blah, blah, blah. And then today I hadn't heard from him, which is totally understandable. So I realized that it was the same person I'd been talking to about this other game. And so I emailed him and said, hey, I talked to you yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Do you think you'd be able to fit me in Sunday, Monday? And he said, no, but if you get here at 530 today, we can squeeze you in. And I was like, "Whoa, so excited. Um, so I organized that while we were at Bethesda. And then we made our way back over to the convention center. And I don't, did I go there immediately? No, we stopped and looked at board games and stuff. Oh my goodness, there's fireworks outside. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so if you if there's any weird audio picking up in the back, there's actually like a big music festival that's also happening the weekend of PAX. Uh, so Seattle's, it's like only a couple of blocks from here. So Seattle's pretty crazy. Um, there's also fireworks outside, but, uh, this yeah. is a video game podcast. So, yeah. so uh, Courtney and I checked out the, uh, Chessex booth, mm-hmm. uh, for a few minutes. Uh, we picked up, I think I picked up like $35 worth of dice. And I Courtney bought Bob. three sets of dice cause I have a dice problem. There's Y'all the fireworks. Know. Uh, Courtney bought me a set of dice for my birthday. Thank you very yeah, much. You're welcome. Um, and then I think Michaela went off to do her mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so I went over to the Devolver booth and um, sat down with one of the creators, one of the people involved in making Gris. Game developer? Game developer. That sounds about right. Sounds like a role. That sounds like Title, a thing. Yeah. Um, I have a recording of his name and his exact job title, but he works for um, Nomada Studio, is who this, like, Devolver is the... The publisher Publisher, I guess, and then Nomada Studio is creating it, and um, it's based basically on this, um, this artist's style of artwork. He is an artist and wanted to make a video game in this art style and so from that we have this beautiful sorrowful watercolor like amazing story that is told through this video game um and uh they sat me down to play it and i was like hey just so you know i'm not very good at video games so if i get stuck i may need your help and that is, like, the most embarrassing thing to say to somebody at a video game convention, especially <laughs> when you're, like, representing a brand that's about video games and stuff. And, uh, but it's less embarrassing than, 
you know, just getting stuck and them expecting you to deal with it yourself. Like, I was going to sit there for a very long time if it didn't work out. Um, so I sat down and started playing it, and it felt very much like um, Monument Valley, how you're, like, manipulating the landscape to work your way through it. It also really had, like, journey feels, um, and both of those games I fell in love with immediately and played all the way through, like, as quickly as I could. I remember playing Journey, I actually, I think it was, like, after I had worked a full day shift, which is, like, 12 hours, and I came home and was exhausted and grumpy, and Derek was like, you need to play this game, it's short. And I was like, okay, I'll do it for 20 minutes, and then we sat there for... No, I was a grump. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then we sat there for two hours and I just didn't stop. We just played all the way through. And I had no idea what was happening. I had no idea what was happening with the people that you meet along the way. And I won't say it in case anybody out there hasn't played it. But it was so magical. I loved that game so much. Anyways. You've never played it? No. I know I know what's going on oh, with the other, play, uh, the other, other it characters. It is so lovely. But, um, it's so good. You look like you're going to cry. Uh, it's just so good. <laughs> it was just such a... Well, and then when you find out at the end what's been happening, you're like, this this was a real yeah. experience that you have had. Anyways. So, in this game, uh, Gris was... Which is actually like the Spanish word for gray. Right. Um is all about this this woman. It starts off with this woman and she's singing and then she like loses her voice or something. She stops singing and then she falls into this world where the trees are like these cubes with like watercolor kind of color in them and they're like shape shifting into and you have to like jump on them as they change shape to be able to jump up to another level and blah blah blah. And then there's these, like, little white orbs that follow her that you can, like, bounce on. And so I played for about three minutes, and then you had to, like, double tap slowly to be able to, like, jump and then jump higher off of these white orb things. It's called a double jump. Oh, is that? That's a common feature? Okay. I had the same problem with uh, with Rage, so it's okay. Okay. It's not just you. Yeah, so I'm like, and and then the guy was like, oh, you need to, I like looked up and he was like, you need to go like tap, tap. And I was like, okay, like slow it down. Okay, so I like, I'm just repeating in my head, tap, tap, and trying to like do it at the rate at which he told me. And I got it one time and then I fell off and then I did not get it anymore. And so I, like, turned around, and he was, like, just came and sat beside me and started playing for me. And I was, like, <laughs> thank you, I think. Um, so I was sad that I didn't get to play anymore, but I was very glad to have been rescued so that I could see more than just the one square that I was focusing on. Um, and I, again, cannot wait for this game to come out. Uh, she, like, moves through this level, and it's all, like, like architecture and then also like these abstract trees and that also kind of look like pipes and stuff and I don't know if things maybe merge into each other and then there's like there's no like fighting or anything it's like a puzzling platformer type thing yeah um but there is an antagonist which is this like large like bird creature and um the fellow I was talking to was saying that 
one of the challenges that they had was figuring out how to um, make liquid move in the game because this bird is it moves like liquid, right? So it's it's just so fluid in the way that it moves in and out, and it like changes shape and like becomes more separated from itself and then comes back together and is like I think it's blocking you um and like pushing you in certain direction anyway so it just looks really interesting and I am really excited to play it and if anybody can uh get out there and take a look at it I I highly recommend it I'm sure there's a trailer online I think there's a trailer online yep there's um, Apex 2018 gameplay trailer okay. from 11 hours ago okay. from 11 hours ago okay. um it comes out when did they say when it comes out I want to say next year but when yeah. I was reading on the internet it sounded like this year this year so and it's for PC and Switch yeah 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 and it's for the Switch I can't even I mm-hmm. it is happening on our Switch it is happening just cool. so you know it's okay. probably already pre-ordered <laughs> I hope so anything we can pre-order it's done there like, should just wow, be like a general pre-order so line at the year. convention and I'll be like oh let's get in this one yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah that was and kind of around the same time one thing that I just wanted to mention that uh I had read uh I was excited for but missed the Anthem panel um, mm-hmm. It's a game that I've been cautiously optimistic about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that I really like that EA announced today, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, you know, it's kind of being labeled as a Destiny killer, and Destiny, I think, still has a lot of problems in regards to story and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, it seems like they're trying to do things very differently. And obviously, BioWare has, you know, there's, they have some of the best writing in video games. They did. Anthem is the one where you can play as all the different characters, and they, like, suits and and they stuff. have different colors and different. Yeah, it's powers. like Iron Man suits, power yeah. armor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they announced today that uh, they're about a month before the game comes out, so February first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually going to be a, an Anthem demo that will come out, um, which is cool because I feel like that's it's one of those things where it's close to release, but it's also at the point where if you know, I, I think releasing a demo at all in a, in a day like today shows confidence in your product because you don't see a lot of demos anymore. Um, but also that's at a time when they must be pretty confident about it because with a month left until release at that point, there's a lot of time to cancel a pre-order or whatever. And so um, I, I thought it was really cool to learn that was announced at PAX today. Yeah, the, the cynic in me wonders if the pre-order bonuses are going to end just before the demo starts mm. in, in a, you know cash grabby sort of way I'm, I'm still pretty weary of anything ea spits out these days <laughs> especially yeah. when it's a studio right um but yeah i thought that was pretty cool things the show floor i thought it was up until seven for some reason but it was not uh show floor closed at six so shortly after uh Michaela finished the grizz demo uh we were getting yelled at to leave um so we did um and here we are Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else cool that you saw today or is there anything that you walked by that you want to check out tomorrow or everything? I bought a, I bought a card game. You today? bought a card game? Oh, tell us yeah. about the card game. So I bought this card game. Tell us uh, why you so were attracted all, to this card game to start. Well, first of all, I was partially attracted to this card game to start because I was f- 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 four or five drinks in. I was trying to decide <laughs> the number and it wasn't coming out. We're going to call it five then, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Five-ish drinks in, and uh, and so anything shiny or cute was definitely on my radar, hence buying all the dice. Um, but this, it's a cat game, 
And I'm Cat Lady. So it's a card game. It's a card cat game. Um, so it's called uh, Cantakerous Cats, and you pick out your cat avatar, and you have mischief cards and event cards and affection points that you use. Oh my gosh, so amazing. You draw cards and then you have to play your build up your bank of affection points just it, like a real cat. It's it's like mana in Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. So much like mana. Yeah, you you put it down on the on the mat and then you use it later, later. on your next turn. So you, okay, yeah. you get two just so actions. You know, explaining Amanda's mana is way less effective for me it's cuteness point. than so affection. You, you do something <laughs> cute like you expose your little cat belly yeah. and you're like, I'm a cat, pet my belly, I'm so cute and you're like, Oh kitty um, so you play your, you play your affection points and like different things you do have more affection points and then you have mischief points and mischief points move your cat around the little board and whoever gets to the end wins. So you can do things like, um, and you also have event cards, like there can be a dog in the house. Um, and so someone can play that as one of their turns and then you can, like some of them have things like, oh, if the dog is be, being released in the house, I can automatically play this mischief card and get points, and I don't have to worry about anything else. I automatically just play it with no penalty to my affection points. Even if it's not your turn. Even if it's not your turn. Okay. So much fun. Um, I think we played like three rounds with some strangers, and I like bought the game. It's really good. <laughs> um, it had a Kickstarter. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, and so like some of the cats are actually... Pets of backers, oh, no which that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. They don't have a black cat in there, which I am not a fan of because I definitely need a Lucifer avatar, so I might make my own <laughs> when we play because I have it and we're playing. <laughs> I picked up uh, Secret Hitler because uh, apparently it's either prohibitively expensive to purchase in mm, Canada mm-hmm. because of shipping, or you just can't get it yet because there's no di- uh, distributor. Right. Um, I've played it once. It's pretty cool. It's like a werewolf uh, hidden agenda type game. Uh, where one person is Hitler, uh, and there's a couple of other secret fascists, uh, and they have to try and overthrow the Reichstag, uh, while the other players attempt to figure out which other players are fascists, uh, and which one of them specifically is Hitler, before they uh, take over Germany and, you know, start the war. Um, on the theme of Nazis this, this right? weekend. So Very Nazi <laughs> yeah. uh, But I it's thought, been out for a couple of years. Yeah. Has it been that long? Um, a year? I don't know. I thought the presentation and the packaging and the art and everything it's like that on the game was beautifully made. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got I feel like pieces. you got your money f- yeah. money's worth just from the It was like, materials. what, 35 bucks? Oh, seriously? That's yeah. American. American. So that's like that's 50 not, bucks or something, It's not right? bad, though. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think it's probably 45 bucks Canadian to buy plus, like, shipping. $20 yeah. shipping or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it looks really cool. I wish that it's like a party game, so you need at least five people. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I wish that we could. But we can play the spawn cat a fifth game. person. Yeah, we should. tonight it's way past my bedtime. Old man, eleven o'clock on the nose. Old man Jake. Yep, old stick in the mud, old Jake. Old yeah. stick in the mud. What a stick in the mud. Yep. What a stick in the mud. Uh, Mika and I are going to have a dance party. We're going to listen to some Cardi B. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not already wearing pajama pants. That's for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Um, Anybody I else? bought some uh, Nuka Cola coasters. Oh, yeah. oh wow, cool. nice! Um, but they're like not flat like coasters; like they're actually like giant bottle cap looking things. Oh, they're nice. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Anybody want to check anything out tomorrow? All the things. Yeah. yeah. Panels. Oh, I'm so excited! Tomorrow I get to demo Bee Simulator. All right. Oh boy! I don't even know Ooh. what is going to happen to my life. I might throw up. It's going to be great. That Are you like all a buzz? <laughs> Oh my god, no, why? Why? Somebody's gotta do it. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think we're going to hit up a few panels tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to... There's a game called The Blackout Club that I'm really excited to check out. It is by um, a bunch of ex, like, Irrational Games devs and some other folks. Um, it's kind of... It's like a co-op, like, paranormal investigation game where you're oh, trying yeah. to, like, find clues to solve these, like, like solve these things. Um, I'm quite excited to check that out. There was that immersive VR meditative thing oh right i saw that up on the sixth floor yeah Yeah. we walked by it the first day and i was like that looks weird and hippy dippy and then i looked at it a little closer and saw what it was about you create a soundscape with your own voice and there's a vr component to it so you're in your own complete world and i was like i don't know how i feel about that i feel like it's a panic attack waiting to happen (laughs) yep but also really cool so i might go watch someone else do it yeah um i volunteer as tribute all right cool we got time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a whole bunch of stuff on my list. Uh, I want to check out Gato Roboto. Uh, it is what it it looks like a Metroid clone, um, but it actually looks like a Metroid 2 clone for the Game Boy. It's just in black and white, uh, and you play as a cat uh, who uh, your master is the commander of a little spaceship, and it crashes on an alien planet, <laughs> and he's stuck in the spaceship, uh, but you can get out, and you find a suit of Samus power armor essentially and uh so you walk around it's essentially like a metroidvania mm-hmm. metroid game um and instead of like the the power suit turning into the morph ball the cat just tops out of the power suit and then can walk through the, okay, the, yeah. the tiny spaces um it looks like it's supposed to be pretty fun um it was getting some buzz on on reddit the other day uh there's a vr racing sim oh, with, yes. i think it's got a motion uh cockpit so i look forward to throwing up over their demo that'd be crazy uh, and there is some sort of Katamari-like game that showed up on the floor the other day, and I would like to check that mm-hmm. out. Uh, I'm still really looking forward to checking out Keyforge as well, which is yep. that new physical trading card game. Not trade. I guess it's not a trading card game because you can't. It's a collectible card. It's game. a card. It's a card game. It's a card sorts. game. Yeah. Um, on the same van. The decks are locked, so you buy decks rather than packs, and uh, it's each deck is different and. There's no two decks alike, and it is, like, it just sounds really cool. It's by Richard Garfield, who created Magic. He also developed the uh, Artifact game that Valve has a huge presence for at uh, PAX this year, so they're demoing that. Um, what if we can sneak in before uh, the show floor officially opens? Maybe we should take a look into that. Um, yeah, what do you say we wrap this up? Sounds good. Um, yeah, we will be taking a night off tomorrow night, but we should be back Monday with, like, a PAX wrap-up episode. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, where can we find you guys? I am Mika Max three oh nine on all of the things, and also we are all representing on our Instagram, which is Geekscape Forever. At Jake Skelter, you can find me at AK Geeky Girl or. Geeky Girl AK, depending on where you look. I remember this Just time. look for both Just on every platform. Everything. Or sometimes I'm Geeky Girl, and sometimes I'm the Geeky Girl, but Twitter is reliably AK Geeky Girl. So. This one. <laughs> Until this one. I figure out how to change it, which I don't think you can. I don't think you can. And I don't want to scrap my Twitters, so. Uh, and I'm at DKranavilt on Twitter, and I am CaptainK17 across gaming platforms. Uh, we'll see you in a couple days. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.